Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists you found the broom pod welcome to our virtual salon my name is Susie, and i'm your host i'm a mobile groomer from seattle washington and anyone who knows me will tell you i love to talk especially about my job one of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show miss barbara bird hey Susie, what's up Hello, Barbara. Welcome to episode 331 of the Groom Pod, recorded on March 20th, 2022, in Snohomish, Washington, and Tucson, Arizona. This podcast is brought to you by our kind sponsors Best Shot, Show Season, Evolution Shears, Groom More, and Stazco. And if you want to tip your podcasters, go to our website, thegroompod.com, and use the donation button or join us on Patreon. This week on the Groom Pod, we're going to talk Pomeranian grooming antibiotic resistance, and if we have time, Andis Clipper Maintenance. Barbara, this week, What's New is brought to you by Groomore Software. If you're looking for a software solution for your shop, mobile, or house call, Groomore is it. It has online booking and online forms and intake or matted dog forms, payment processing, reminders and wait lists, inventory, routing, calendar and QuickBooks syncs, and most importantly, 24-hour service. And they've given us a great offer. You can switch over to Groom More and try it for two months at half off. Just put in the code GroomPod. Barbara, Barbara, Barbara. I have something to share with you about my horse, because what else would I be talking about at this point in time? And <laughs> I, sh- I should mention that two podcasts ago, there was a bunch of noise in the background, and it was my bird reconstructing his environment. He was tearing stuff apart, and I didn't know it was happening because I had the headphones on. So there's all this construction in the back. <laughs> What is going on? And um, he's messing with it a little bit now, so I apologize for that. Anyway, as, as if you've unless you've been sleeping under a rock, I got a new horse, and she is delightful. And I've pretty much taken every possible opportunity I can to ride her so that we can get familiar with each other and bond and become a team. And I was riding out in the pasture. I threw on all her English gear because, you know, once I figured out she likes English just fine, that Western saddle is sitting so nicely on its little saddle holder back there and not moving. (laughs) I love English. I just love it. And I think she does too. So I got out there. We still have a little problem with walking away from me when I'm getting on, you know, but I'm, I'm learning how to hop on a little quicker instead of fixing the horse. (laughs) I have a story about that. Oh, good. Tell me now. Well, I had a, you know, I had horses when we, when we moved out here and I was like nine years old, the only reason that I agreed to move with the family is that I was promised a horse. I get it. I was, you know, like going to the stable every week and I had this, this horse, I was, uh, his name was Colonel. 
I had this like, like horse I was riding uh, regularly and I was so into it. And uh, I just like freaked out about moving here. I lived all of my life back there. And so they promised me a horse and they delivered. And my first horse's name was Copper and he was a retired border patrol horse. Wow. And the only, and uh, the only way and I was too small. I couldn't really saddle him up all by myself at that point when I was like 10. But I had a corral with a wooden corral fence and I would stand on the corral and jump on him. Well, uh, he would move away sometimes. And one time I took a flying leap for to get on the horse and he moved and I took a nosedive oh, into the dirt ouch. and hit my chin and it knocked me out. Oh no. Yeah, it knocked me out. And my mother saw me lying face down <laughs> in the corral and came running down. Parents love that stuff. <laughs> See those children bite the <laughs> dust. <laughs> Wow. Okay. You got to take that shit seriously. I need like a garbage can to block in front of the mounting block because I can get her in the corner to where she stands, but she still knows what's going on and she's so dang excited. And I can relate because I get that excited. So she's so excited and I'm so excited and I put my foot in the stirrup and she's all ready to go. And anyway, so I hopped on and I thought, you know, I think I'll just ride around in the yard. It looked like it might thunder and lightning. Who knows? I just figured I'd be much safer staying in the pasture. So we rode around, but every time we'd come near the fence, it was obvious she wanted to go out where the gate is, right? She'd she'd veer that way, and I'd try to turn her around the end of the corner, and she'd be heading towards the gate. And I thought, okay, well, let's go ahead. And I don't know if I told you, but we've got two pit bulls running around in the neighborhood that have, yeah. that showed up seven days ago that they are not keeping in the yard. And the uh -oh. dogs, the dogs have been a neighbor already. Ah. And they also have a third one that's tethered in the yard. So they've got three pit bulls and the fence wide open with a sign that says beware of dogs. So we are trying to figure out how to deal with this because the dogs are about two thirds of the way to my friend's house who has the trailer that I ride with all the time. So I can't get to her. She can't get to me. But it was obvious that Miss Nazy wanted to go out. She wanted to have an adventure and I was all for it because I'm tired of going in circles in the front yard anyway. So I went over to the gate and I had I have a chain that goes around a post and I had yeah. taken the chain off because I knew we were going to walk around at least the yard at some point in time. So I got over next to the fence and I see the cowboys do it all the time, right? They open the fence with the horse and the horse kind of backs away and opens the fence, right? Yeah. So I'm leaning over and I'm trying to reach the fence and I'm going, I can't, I can't move over a little bit. Come on. And she takes her gigantic big eyes and she turns around and she looks at me and she grabs the fence with her mouth and she no. flings it open wide enough and we walked ah! right through it and the neighbor ah! watched the whole thing and she was she came running out she said i saw that whole thing that was incredible my horse opens the gate for you all you have to do is take the chain off and she opens the gate and then i tested it again she totally took us out the gate i don't even have to worry about it i just undo the chain and so of course that can be a problem later <laughs> but as long as i can close the gate 
securely enough. Um, apparently, I think I might have told you that when the kid was riding at fair, that she let herself out of the stall and wandered around in the barn at fair, eating things and visiting with the other horses. <laughs> But I tell you, when I'm on her, I really feel a partnership like I've never felt with the other horses. And so we went up to the road and I thought, oh, let's just walk across. So we walked across to the big church parking lot and rode around the parking lot. And then we stopped and talked to the neighbor with two Malamutes. And she stood there like a lady without dancing around. My horses would have been going batshit crazy but standing still like that but she stood still and she talked to ace and her two dogs and his two dogs and she sniffed at them and they sniffed at her and it was so cool and then i just went back home but i have a trick horse who opens gates while you're riding so now when she does it i'm saying get the gate get the gate so that there's an association with get the gate and I can cue right. it when I come. Cause she did it when we came back in, she opened it up and let us in. And that's the opposite way to open the gate. So she knows both ways. <laughs> that's incredible. I know. That's absolutely incredible. And on the other hand, you got to really watch out that, you know, I, you might have a busy period of time and, I'm prepared. Her yeah, her curiosity could uh, could lead her to <laughs> to try to go out on her own. It's yeah, true, and luckily we're on a grass pipeline with nothing on it, and so she can go that way and have nobody and nothing. But she can't get to the road that way, and she can't get to the neighbors because it's fenced on that end. So all she can do is wreck my neighbor's backyard, and they love her anyway, or go to the pipeline. So we're pretty pretty good. I think it'll be all right if she gets out. But even though my old horses that have passed away, they used to break out occasionally. All they ever did was take like three steps over the fence and stop <laughs> or go into the barn and eat some hay. <laughs> so that was my big excitement. And it was so funny because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, who can I call and tell? And then I thought, oh, I got to tell Barbara. And then I thought, no, I have to tell her on Sunday. I can't tell her yet. Oh, Damn well, it. F you. F you. <laughs> so I know, like... <laughs> Instead, I told Terry and I told Cheryl, my riding partner, and then some of my grooming clients. But I wanted to save this for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm the wait till Sunday person. Only no. because I thought it would be fun. Because I wanted to see, I wanted to visually see your reaction, which I wouldn't normally get over the phone, right? So anyway, I, I have yeah. ulterior motives. <laughs> I I think that's wonderful. I, I I'm so excited for you and the horse, oh. and I'm and I'm jealous, and I'm I'm remembering my love of horses, and uh, you know, like. I don't know. I think I'm having just, I'm having the time of my life and I know I'm so lucky and I just keep being afraid that, you know, something's going to strike me down, like, you know, because I'm having too much fun. Life is too fun for me. You know, I feel like I don't deserve it, but I'm enjoying it anyway. Let me tell you what struck me down. It was also an adrenaline, uh, an adrenaline moment. Okay. And well, you may remember that I have a new client with a hand strip wire fox terrier puppy and I glued her ears. Her name is Allie. I remember. And I glued her ears. Oh, her ears are looking good. And her coat, she's got a beautiful coat with a black jacket with a, that 
with the white intermingled in a pattern. It's sort of, it's, it, it's just, you know, one of the things that I like to do when I have a, a, a party colored hand strip is I like to out, I like to detail the outline between the two colors and make sure that it's really crisp and clear and not, not just fringy. Neat. So I do that. I do that. Yeah. Neaten it all up and everything. And, um, she's, and she's got a nice, beautiful orange head and, you know, so on and so forth. Well, guess what? She bit me. Oh, crap. She bit me. I mean, she bit me, but not just the first time. I mean, she is biting at me and she bit Yvonne too. And she drew blood. Uh And, you know, I mean, it's, I'm so distressed because, and I had to tell her owner. Well, of course. I said, you know, I mean, and I, I had had problems with her being mouthy about brushing out her legs. And when he brought her in, he said, well, she's gotten much better about brushing out her legs. Well, maybe so, but I was just like up on her hip and she turned around and nailed me, you know, and I had to tell her, tell him. And um, so we're searching for a behaviorist. You know, he took it seriously. That's the good news. Uh, the good news is that I have developed some kind of a, a a rapport with this man, and he's he takes me seriously, and uh, and and I respect him a lot. So he, we're looking for a behaviorist. Whoever finds somebody tells the other one, right? But I don't want to put it out on the on the groomers list, the local groomers list, because I'll just find somebody that thinks they can groom the dog. So what you need is a a trainer that understands dog grooming. And maybe Chrissy might have a suggestion for us of someone in the area that she knows of that would be a good place to start. Because the behaviorist, that's a veterinary thing. So you need more to go with a, a trainer, but trainers don't understand the grooming process. So that's one of the pet peeves is that we have a lot of trainers out there who work with people in their houses, but they don't understand what we do. You know, what we have to do know, repeatedly, know, repeatedly, I know, and I know, repeatedly. I know. So to help. I know. Yeah. I had one, I had one trainer and she kind of disappeared, but she's a trainer that another trainer sent to my shop when I wanted the trainer to come to the shop and help me at the table. Yes. I think that's the way to go. I do too. I think, you know, if I can get the customer to pay for a training session with me, then they get it. And both of you there, actually, the owner there too, so that they can learn what to do at home to help you prepare the dog for the grooming process, you know, because safety is always first for you and for the dog. And you're just, oh, walking a line. Darn it. I don't want it. You know what I mean? I, I don't want it to be like that. I just, it just makes me so, uh yeah. Like that. So, so uh, how bad was the bite? I wasn't too bad. Good. I, you know, and I mean, I, I am, I muzzled her, you know, he's, can you muzzle her? And I said, yeah, I can muzzle her. And she's accepting of the muzzle. Um, and, uh, and by that, I mean, she doesn't just start fighting the muzzle. She just kind of like, yeah, okay. 
but I have to do her head. And you still have to retrain her. You, you, and, I mean, you know, and yeah. besides that, you can't just let her do that. You know, like, I mean, and and I and the thing of it is, I don't think it's just plucking her hair. I think it's handling her, and it would be the same thing if I was using the clippers and and ruining oh, yeah. her, her her beautiful colored coat. I think you're right. I agree. So I'm not going to suggest that right out of the box. I no. mean, that would be that would be somebody's first suggestion, but I don't think that's going to make a whit of difference. It's you know, it could be the slicker brush, it could be the clippers, it could be the comb, it could be anything on her body, and she's just like doesn't want it. Yeah, and and she just somehow thinks that she can dictate by <laughs> dictate. You know, like, <laughs> Yes, goddamn, <laughs> goddamn terriers! I had a problem with with uh, with Hunter, my Scotty. Oh too. no! Oh yeah, Hunter! God damn it! I had he also snapped at me. Now Hunter is like five or six years old, and he was he has always been. Oh, I mean, he's always been very touchy about his head and his ears getting groomed and in fact when they go back to the Poconos or wherever the upper class woodsy area is that they go to in the summertime they uh, nobody can do his head <laughs> so, so he always comes back you know looking like a bushman and um and, and but now it's not just his head he's just snapping at me and I so I just I just charged ten dollars extra eighty five dollars because uh, he has practically no furnishings very sparse actually kind of cute uh, cartoonish kind of skirt I love and it. legs I'm so grateful for that right now <laughs> um, and you know he has a serious uh, dry eye problem and he has. Um, not drops, but a cream that he has to use every couple of hours for that. And that might be part of the problem, but that has nothing to do with why he's biting me. He, he doesn't like his tail getting done. He doesn't like his loose getting done. He doesn't like that. You know, like he's just starting to not want it done. Yeah. And he used to be, he, it's, this is sad too, because he used to be, this happy little dog that came in and wanted to play with us, even in regardless of what we did to him. You know, it was like, oh yeah, I know you do that and I hate it, but hey, let's play, you know? It, 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 you know, it was delight, he was delightful. And I and I had to tell her, you know, I adore your dog. I, I love Hunter and I am committed to him, but he's he's snapping at me like a crocodile. And I got. I'm gonna raise you. It's a hazard fee, ten bucks. Okay, you know. I'm sure she's fine with it. Yeah, she's fine with it. Yeah. You know, but but she's sad about it too, because she also he's not that happy go lucky little guy anymore. Yeah, that's true. So and veterinary know, medications, maintenance medications, and stuff like that. They definitely have changed personalities in dogs that I've known. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, so, All right, know, well, so I have that. more stories. I have more stories. 
You want to you want to know what else happened to me? What else? I was contentedly grooming on my one of the two English cream retrievers I have left that I kept in my client base, right? I'm grooming, I'm having a great time and I'm looking at the dog and I'm thinking, why does that dog now look a little gray there? That's odd and then all of a sudden <laughs> my canine two dies and it's uh, and it's oh it was it had been blowing. blowing carbon in this white dog basically she's he's practically white and oh. one side of the head now i've got half the dog three quarters of the way dried and i was working on the head and the ear and the the neck area and so that is now gray like it was powerfully injected to the skin all the way down so the deep roots of this dog are now gray colored the other side of the dog completely wet and all i have is my andis handheld dryer <laughs> so i stand there for a minute and this is where you, as a mobile groomer you've just got to be ready to improvise and i think if i rewash the dog then all of the dripping that has taken place over the half an hour it's taken me to get to this point is I'm going to lose the benefit of that and I'm never going to get the dog dry and I'm going to screw my other two appointments that come after this dog. So I can't rewash the dog. I'm going to have to do what I can with my handheld dryer with the half a dog that's still wet. So I pull out my foaming pet wash from the coconut blueberry foaming pet wash from show season and my dry clean spray from best shot. best shot and I'm desperately trying to work it through the coat and it's died at this point like with the carbon it's just died so I accept it the dog is clean with the exception of the little dye job I've done on half of his head. <laughs> and I've had these clients for 12 years. They know me well. It's not a big deal. I'll be able to tap dance my way out of it, but I'm not going to see the dog for six weeks again. So he's going to be <laughs> kind of gray. But I did manage to get him dry. I didn't do a haircut on him because I ran out of time, but I got him dry and clean and uh, aside from the little air, but I had another dog afterwards I was going to have to do. Luckily, it was a smaller dog, so I was able to do it with the handheld dryer without any problem. So I came home. I swapped over from my old Lang two-speed dryer, which is pretty good, but it's not quite as good as a K92. Mind you, I've had that dryer since... 1998, my laying dryer. Actually, 97. 97 is when I bought that dryer. Same dryer. Never changed the brushes. Haven't done anything to it. <laughs> Tape the cord up, right? I'm working away. I'm working away. I'm working away. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. No. The next no. day, my backup dryer dies. And I've pulled the K92 and it's at home. So hopefully Terry's going to pull it apart. But he isn't feeling well. So he didn't do it that very first day because I have a backup dryer. Why do I need to rush him? The other dryer works perfectly well. And all the dogs I have are small. Oh, no. No, no. <laughs> it, so I've got... Like I switch it on and the low power works, but it doesn't sound really good. And then when I switch it to high power, the whole thing shuts off. So like, okay, crap. And then I finish with my hand dryer again. <laughs> Luckily, um, unfortunately, Australian Shepherd 
They, ah! Oh, yeah. Dick, ah! Thick Australian Shepherd ah! basically got it dry and um, uh, tidied up the butt and did the feet and left it at that. I didn't do any profile tidying and uh, took the dog back in the house, told her what happened. <sighs> at least I didn't blow carbon all over it, see? And it was a dark dog anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. So then finally I get home. I... um now have my canine too working and a new switch on my backup dryer. But I'm so grateful my husband can fix these things. But it was just, I knew it would happen someday. That Lang dryer was going to kick out on me. <laughs> Didn't expect it to happen right after I was. But of course, when else would it happen? Because I don't use it any other time. So it was destined to happen when my other dryer was broken just by nature. So that was exciting and fun. And then I did one more dog. Uh, Pomeranian that was, uh, I used to do her dog probably 18 years ago in Bellevue when I started grooming. And I know her through the boating community and she got a Pomeranian at some point, but she lives a little bit out of area. And apparently the dog had a horrible experience at the groomer, very traumatic. And the next time she went in, the dog just clung to her and wouldn't go to the groomer. And the lady was like certain that, that she must have had a horrible time with the dog and things were bad and the dog needed my special touch. So I, of course, was expecting. I don't know. Somebody probably told her that that was what she could say that would get you. Well... <laughs> I would have taken, I would have taken her either way because she's an old client. I mean, I always like to see the old clients, but, um, I was expecting with a Pomeranian, when you hear that kind of response, you think it's either got a neck and back problem, you know, maybe has no neck and they maybe horsed it around a little bit or what else? Bad knees and bad hips. Cause there's so many of them that have the really bad knees and hips and they're mutantly small. So I make the appointment. She has to wait three weeks and I get over there. <laughs> the dog is stunning, stunning show quality Pomeranian. And it was the lady's interpretation because the dog is clingy that he didn't like the grooming process or the groomer. And it's true. Maybe there was a conflict with the personality or the grooming shop, or maybe the dog was there all day, whatever it was. And I just told her, well, it, they, see, she didn't have confidence in the groomer enough to overcome that kind of thing. So, yeah, I don't think she had ever bonded with them, you know, in any good positive way. And mind you, not a tangle in the dog's hair. I mean, she's just so pretty. And she's like a sable and white. And you don't know that there's like white patches to her until she really gets wet. And then you see there's a whole like patch of white spotted or spot of white hair here and another spot of white hair here. Just beautiful. And silky, never been cut, spectacular coat. She's like three or four years old. Oh, sorry. He, what am I doing with this all he and she thing? He is, and his name is Happy. And he <laughs> was lovely. And so I said, ah, I love a good mystery. Don't you worry. I'm going to take him out there. Of course, I'm using my handheld dryer because I was thinking tiny Pomeranian. <laughs> this is a substantially well-built Pomeranian with a lot of hair. And I'm going to go at it with my Andis dryer. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But I'll tell you this. I wanted to figure out what the dog's buttons were. Just what in the grooming process was it that he didn't like? Nothing. He was 
perfect. <laughs> he was absolutely perfect. I went for his feet and he was like, oh, here you go. Yeah. Lovely. Okay. Here's this one. Could you get that one a little shorter, please, for me? I mean, he was just... <laughs> So wonderful and so earned his name happy. And it was really funny because the lady had worked herself up into that. I mean, she waited three weeks for me to groom the dog because she didn't want to take him back in where he had that awful experience and wouldn't leave her arms. Now, mind you, next time I show up, he thinks I'm a treat dispenser. So I at least have that going for me. And I didn't notice any discomfort with any of the process, so maybe he won't react badly to me, but it's possible he'll run and hide when I get there, you know? I don't know what's going to happen next time when he knows what's going to happen. <laughs> but I thought, why not talk about Pomeranian grooming? But let's take a break first. How about that? Okay. Room pack. Let me tell you about the newest thing from Best Shots Ultramax Pro line. I'm seriously stoked about these products. First up is Ultramax Hair Hold Spray. It's a mindfully created aerosol-free styling spray. It's flexible and can be layered on for a stronger hold. It's quick drying and has the Ultramax Delicate Sweet Pea Fragrance. Next up is my favorite new product in a long time. It's called the Max and I love it to the Max. It's a fragrance-free, ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It's so concentrated that one small bottle makes 10 quarts. It reduces drying time, extends manageability, and aids you in achieving optimal coat performance. Mats and tangles brush away more easily, and it turns your recirculator into a de-shedding machine. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. It's amazing. Check it all out at ultramaxpro.com and see why Barbara and I are so excited. That's ultramaxpro.com. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor and order some Max and Hair Hold Spray today. For over 30 years, Best Shot has been making masterpieces out of nightmares in record time. Made from the best stuff on earth. Ready, groomers? Here comes our first appointment. All right, when I asked her what she wanted done with the dog, she told me just kind of tidy up all over because he would have some kind of frillies. Like I could tell someone had tidied him up at some point in time. He had the light flyaway hairs. And then she likes the belly short. So I asked, did you want it short or did you want it shaved? And she said, short but not shaved. The dog brings in everything from the yard. And I can totally see that because it was just this ball of hair, of lovely, soft, beautiful blonde and white hair. It was fantastic. So really nice coat, really good confirmation. No smells at all. No smells. She was sensitive to that. So that's what my parameters were to start with. Oh, and a nicely tidied butt. She definitely wanted the tidied butt. She showed me a picture. It was a pretty tight, I don't know what you call it, a profile groom or a silhouette groom or what do you, what do you call that when you're kind of just trimming the shape of the dog as it is? Do you have a name for that? No. Okay. Shaped. Yeah. Yeah. Shaped, but, shaped but not shaped. Yes. There you go. So I had the dryer situation. So it made like my choice of products and my methods more limited because I didn't want to add anything to my drying time, heaven forbid. And then, of course, no smells. So I had to, you know, that really cut it down. So I chose Show Season True Tearless for the bath. 
And I used a rinse of the Max from Best Shot afterwards. So show season, true tearless, and then followed by a end finish rinse with the Max in the finish rinse. Because I figured that would be the best way to kind of work it through the coat. And lo and behold... I sat down and I got my dryer out and I started working away at the coat and I was grateful to have the Max because that fluffy coat dried fairly quickly and I used my Pinello brush to just gently encourage the hair to straighten out a little bit and get the, some of the undercoat out of there. But she definitely does some coat maintenance. So there wasn't a ton of undercoat. It didn't look like a cotton candy machine or anything. It was pretty reasonable amount of piles of hair here and there with the undercoat. Uh, what would you have used for that? Um, oh, hit me with a question. Why don't you? Well, I'm trying to keep you <laughs> awake and engaged. Well, um, I think that I think the true cheerless is a it's a good choice, but the, it, 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 yeah, I I might have. I don't so know. let's remove I, I, let's remove the parameter of not being able to have anything that has a fragrance. If I was able to use something with a fragrance, I would have chosen the best shot white one shot whitener shampoo, be, just to brighten up that undercoat and the white spots. And it cleans really well, and it doesn't add any drying time. Plus, it has a little conditioner in it. Would that have been a good yeah, choice? Yeah, a little little conditioner. Well, and if I may go away from our sponsors for a moment, okay, uh, I do really like the Eye Groom uh, Volumizer Shampoo um, for those kind of coats because it doesn't soften. Sometimes Best Shot overly softens for me, um, and that makes it harder to shape. And, and, and also when I am using the snap-on combs, overly soft coat, it's harder to get a nice even result with a snap-on comb. So <clears throat> I kind of like that. Um, I, uh, another option might, well, see, the problem is, is that when you, when they subtract the fragrance, we often get a uh, like a clarifying shampoo that's not going to have any conditioner in it because that's against the rules for clarifying shampoo because you're taking clarifying shampoo is removing all all excess product from the coat so uh, you if, know if I, I'd have had my regular dryer mm -hmm. I would have used the once again not to harp on our you know, sponsors, but I would have used the show season hypo conditioner and I would have been happier with the results. Um, but because I didn't have the dryer, I didn't want to throw even any rinse through conditioner on there that I was going to have to dry past. Yeah. Yeah. But if you were to use just a dash of the hypo along with the max, the max is going to help you remove the surface moisture, even if you have, as long as you don't have a heavy load of conditioner in there, good it's tip. Gonna, it, it would it would prevail. Okay, that's good to know. I know that the the silicones hang on pretty tight, so that doesn't make sense. It would uh, 
have helped me. Yeah, get, it, yeah it, I didn't think of yeah. that. Just a just a uh, you know a half a shot, just something in there so that you are at least um, replenishing some lipids in the skin and coat. You know, you have to remember also that conditioner. We need to remember that conditioner is conditioning the skin as well as the hair. So, you know, one one of the when we're replacing lost lipids, now using the true tear list, you're going to have less of a. It's a less aggressive shampoo, so you're going to have less lipid loss. But nonetheless, um, you you want to make sure that you're not going to come out. When and then when we're drying, we're drying the skin too, and you can have quote dry skin as a result, which is kind of tight and un- uncomfortable for the dog. And so we can end up with itchiness even if we haven't used any fragrance uh, at all or any of the colorants or any of the other things that that might irritate the skin. Um, We've just kind of dried it out through our washing and drying uh, process. We we often forget that that the dryers are also doing something to the uh, balance of moisture in the skin and in the hair. So that's what I would do. I, I, you know, I, if I had my choice, I would try to find probably uh, a protein shampoo for that coat. And um, here's and a question: of, yeah. What would Results Rinse have done to that coat? See, because it has a strong fragrance, I couldn't use it. But I thought, well, that would have made it stand up nicely, wouldn't it? It would help. Yeah. Okay. And it would help. And I, and, and, but it doesn't, uh, but results rinse again, results rinse doesn't have any emollients, any, any skin ingredients or any skin softening or lipids, oils or lipids in it. It's a bare bones. Uh, it's going to seal the hair cuticle and and speed up drying and make the coat coat more crisp uh but not necessarily replenish anything that you might have done through washing it okay how about this if i didn't have the smell thing the mm-hmm. ultra max conditioning spray that the spray on conditioner the premix. That's yeah, that's that one of the ones I that, would have probably thrown yeah, on top. That, yeah, that that would be a good choice. Okay, um, and use it as a spray and um, not overuse it. I was very mindful in my tool choice, not using anything but the Pinello brush for the whole dog, except she had. He had, see, there I go with this gender thing. See, this gender thing is messing with my head. Knock it off, people. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, the dog had a little tiny mat between its, uh, like ear fold in the back there. And yeah. I got it with my tiny, teeny puppy slicker brush with the little beads on it. I just got it yeah, and that, got that up. Yeah. So you should be proud uh, of me. I am proud of you. I'm very proud of you that you didn't damage that coat and that you were 
we're careful and mindful of not damaging the coat. It's so the, pretty. I, I, I will dry your attention again to the magic fingers brushes that we're using now. Okay. Do you, do you have one yet? Nope. I, if it doesn't go Ex on the horse, I haven't bought it. <laughs> Expect a package. Okay. Expect a package and don't send it back this time. Or, or... Jeez. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, that sounds good. Then let's talk about finishing that, like removing the sticky outies and tightening up the whole profile overall. I used my straight five and a half inch German edge shears that I can manage with my hands, but mostly I use my short chunkers and my curved blenders. And I was able to really get a nice plush look on the dog without taking too much length or bulk away from yeah, it. Yeah, I think that was a good tool choice. Good. I use I use chunkers on on those kind of things because they do give a natural uh a natural look to the natural appearance to the surface where you've uh, scissored. And sometimes um, straight shears just make it look too scissored, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, th that was good. You know, they, they have, have you, do you have a curved chunker yet? No. I don't either, but Dave does and I really like it. I would, uh, it's kind of on my list. How big is it? Oh, I think it's about a seven inch. My chunkers are really little and I love them because I can manage them really easily and they never get screwed up. You know, they never, uh, um, I never cross them. So they have to get refixed again because I'm notorious for having a little too much thumb pressure on my blenders. Although I haven't had that problem with my well, you curved know, you, blenders. It, yeah. You, you know, like the smaller the blade the less likely you are to cross up the the uh, the chunkers. Uh, that happens with when you have like more more metal there to fool with. But um, I love the the small chunkers that I get from Northern Tales. Um, I'll check those only, out. And they're only fifty dollars. Excellent. So I can so I can have a backup pair. Right there, you know, and I, and I, you know, like, since you bring up chunkers and thinners, uh, I wanted to bring up something that I noticed the other day is that uh, when your blenders begin to get dull, they pull the hair. And I had a dog tell me that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know. <laughs> you gotta listen to the dog. I, but uh, but the dog said owie, and I said, "What, what the hell? Why why owie on the?" And then I realized, you know what? They're probably getting dull. And my ch my um, blending action actually resulted in pulling the hair because my blenders are getting dull. So uh, just a just a tip. To remind us. Speaking of tips, my everything is getting dull, so I can tell that the Northwest show is about to happen, which is actually <laughs> coming up a week from now. So our recording schedule, we will not be recording next week because I'll be, I'll be getting my learning and hanging I out. I wish at the I booth. would. I now that's a show. 
that I wish I was going to really. I you wish know, like, you were too. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's small enough I could have handled it physically, um, and I just, I just kind of, I'm kind of sad that I'm not going to be there this time. Um, this time, yeah, but I, you know, like time is running out. Oh, cut that out! <laughs> You're moving better than you were a year ago, so I'm not. Oh gonna, yeah, well, you know. you know, my physical therapy. The, the physical therapy work that I've had on my back and my hips, really helping, yeah. really helping. And enough that uh, I'm actually uh, doing some of the exercises in between visits. Excellent. Because I just noticed the, the results, helping my balance too. And that, you know, that's such a critical thing. Anyway, enough about me. Enough about that. One yeah. more last thing. She was really happy with the dog's groom when I was finished. Oh, good. But she then, I almost puked in the garbage can. She then asked me about giving him a summer haircut. No. Yeah. So I thought this would be a lovely opportunity to share with our listeners why we don't want to do that with this beautiful coat. And my favorite description of the double coat getting shaved off is the one that pertains to the old growth forest. So here in the Northwest, we still have a few old growth forests, although who knows for how long. When you cut an old full, old growth forest, you take away all of the everything. I mean, you just take it all down, just like when you're shaving a double-coated dog. When it returns, the old growth takes much longer to return than the shrubbery and the smaller different types of plants. Same thing with the dog's coat. You get all the shorter, different quality of hair coming out because the environment has changed and you've cut off all the old growth or the long hairs. And sometimes they never grow back. It could be five years before they grow back. Uh, you know, it's a crapshoot. They could grow back uneven forever. So although I'm not a proponent ever really of doing it, if the dog has already been shaved, you're kind of stuck with maintaining that shaved haircut but with this guy you could not pay me enough money to shave that coat ever she would have to choose a different groomer because this dog is so beautiful and that coat is so fabulous I told her maybe when he's old if the coat has become damaged over the years then we'll revisit it I said but the the undercoat gives insulation to the dog nature built it that way and it works just fine the hair and the skin are a single system you know, that's balanced to to be an effective barrier. So, you know, like you got to consider that, but you do have to consider the terrain. So here we, here in the desert, we have an, kind of a vicious terrain because we have a lot of dry, uh, anything that goes green when it rains, goes dry when it doesn't rain, which is a lot of the time. And so dogs get um, stuff worked up in their, in their coats. And uh, it, and so, it, you know, like the question, but it, it even, the, the old growth thing even applies to severely trimming it down. Yeah, that's why I was so careful. And you know, and, and Pom Pomeranians are are the breed that's at, probably at most risk of poor regrowth. 
Yeah. And, that, and I would, you know, like, and I would say that. And, and, you know, unfortunately, the only Pomeranians that I'm working on now are, are dogs that have been severely trimmed or shaved. And so I just go with what they want. And I, I don't argue with those people. Right. And you can make them look cute. And if there's no yeah. way to rebuild that in the lifespan of a dog, especially if you've got a seven-year-old dog down, because you're never going to have enough time for that coat to ever come in like it ever was, if it even would. If it even would. Yeah. 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 Okay. Take a break. Okay. And we're going to come back with our back to school segment. We love our sponsors like show season. Let me tell you about my favorite show season products. True Tearless is a hypoallergenic, scent-free shampoo that really cleans and never, ever leaves a fragrance. Pair it with the hypo conditioner and you have a winning, smell-free combination. Results Rinse is an after-bath rinse that lightly conditions and protects without adding any weight to scissored coats. It aids in drying time and it helps with brush-outs, too. Show Season carries Barbara's Essential Oil Blends and Mellow Pet Shampoo, Blueberry Products, Delicious Colognes, Hemp Products, a Feline Line, Spa and Natural Options, and so much more. You can find Show Season animal products at all shows and through lots of distributors like Cascade Grooming Supplies. And you can check out all their products at their website, thebestpetshampoo.com, or call 678-382-0218. Make every season a show season. Chris Bear Anthony here, visiting the Groom Pod. So, if you know me, you know how much I love my Evolution shears. They are the only shears I actually use. So, check out all the options, including customizable non swivels, at evolutionshears.com and give Abby a shout with any questions you might have. GroomPod listeners get $10 off and free shipping with the code GroomPod. So check them out today. Your hands will thank you. Groomers, take your seats. School is about to begin. All right, Barbara, tell us about resistance to antibiotics. Okay, so antimicrobial or antibiotic resistance is a subject that I keep coming back to. And I, uh, I'm not going to apologize because we really need to get it that uh, in this modern age where we have invented these medicines and treatments for antibacterial and antifungal conditions, um, well, for fungal and bacterial conditions, we have also uh, unintentionally created stronger and stronger germs. So um, we need to start getting mindful of how what we do might be playing into this overall serious health concern of the 21st century. Because what's happening is that some of the uh, products and substances that we've relied on for uh, 
decades are no longer effective when bacteria and fungi become resistant. So let me just kind of dig into this a little uh, deeper, okay? Are you ready, Susie? I am ready, except for I'm going to cough. Hang on. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so antibiotic resistance, I'm going to read some of this, so excuse me. You're allowed. Antibiotic, <laughs> antibiotic uh, resistance does not mean that our body becomes resistant to antibiotics. It means that the bacteria or fungi causing the infection are resistant to the antibiotic or antifungal treatment. Okay. Okay. Germs are microbes, very small living organisms, including bacteria, fungi, parasites, and viruses. Now, the pandemic, um, the COVID-19 pandemic has made us very aware of the survival efforts of viruses. Right? We've learned, you know, like all of the morphine and new uh new COVID-19 coming out, this one, that one, and so on. All living things have a vigorous drive to survive and to continue living, including the bad guys. So for including, a minute there, I what? thought you said the morphine, like the drug morphine. Not the oh, morphine, no. <laughs> and I and well, I, that stopped okay. all my forward progress there for me. And I was like, "How does morphine get involved in this?" Sorry to digress, but it was kind of funny. Well, so yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, what former druggie that we are, of course. So, so it morphs. Um, it morphs. Yeah, I know. Excuse me. No, it, it wasn't I, you. you know, it was like, me. I, that's what happens when I don't read it. When I kind of make up my own terms. So. Um, you know, most germs are harmless and, and some are even helpful to people or animals, but some can cause infections. Harmful germs are called pathogens. Now, antimicrobial is a term used to describe drugs that treat many types of infections by killing or slowing the growth of pathogens causing the infection, right? Yes. Bacteria cause infections such as strep throat. Well, this is all internal stuff. So uh, I'll skip that and I'll skip that. Fungi, we know, we know our dogs have bacterial skin infections. They have bacterial and fungal ear infections. Um, so yeah, I talked about yeast just recently. We talked about yeast, yeast, yeast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. This is what happens <laughs> when we don't edit the podcast. We have 8,000 missteps, okay. but it's good. It's all good. Okay, so the spread of germs and resistant mechanisms. So I dug a little deeper to find out how pathogens become resistant to the stuff we use to kill them. How does that happen? To survive, germs develop defense strategies against antibiotics called resistance mechanisms. So they kind of learn. 
They kind of learn DNA tells the germ how to make specific proteins, which determine the germ's resistance mechanisms. Bacteria and fungi can carry genes for many types of resistance. When uh, already hard to treat germs have the right combination of resistance mechanisms, it can make all antibiotics ineffective, resulting in untreatable infections. And we've all seen the, the just really horrible, untreatable ear infections that have happened. Remember the cocker ears in years gone by when that was a popular breed? I had a, a, a an owner with a cocker that actually put his dog down due to re, to untreatable repeating ear infections. And she was a, she was a miserable, but I, you know, I hated him for that. So never mind. I knew a uh, uh, couple cockers that had had their ears resected. They had just basically closed yeah, them all up yeah. the folds and stuff so that nothing yeah. could get in there. The dogs couldn't hear anymore, but they felt vibrations. So um, now here's something. Um, so the resistance mechanisms can can make all in a bit, all antibiotics ineffective against a, a disease or a pathogen. Alarmingly, 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 antibiotic resistant germs can share their resistance with other germs that have not been exposed to the antimicrobial. Hang on. Wait a second. Don't go anywhere. Sound effect. That okay. is dramatic news. That is That's creepy, actually. Antibiotic-resistant germs can share their resistance mechanisms with other germs that have not been exposed to antibiotics. That's how we get Superbugs. Who knew germs could teach germs? That's, so we don't even it, think of them as being anything, and now we find out that they can actually share information. I know it's incredible. It's incredible as how science has evolved to to know more and more about our 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 world. Yep, you know it's a it's it's amazing. So. I looked a little bit into what are these resistant mechanisms, and I'm not going to get into the details except for one. But they there are like five identified resistance strategies or resistance defense mechanisms that germs have. And one of them is to get rid of the antibiotic. Like consume it or something? No, no. Listen, listen up. Some germs get rid of antibiotics using pumps in their cell walls to remove antibiotic drugs that enter the cell. That's crazy. Do you know what one of those, uh, what their example is? What? Pseudomonas oregonosa. Oh, that's bad. That's the one that we have so prevalent. That's our enemy. That's one of our major enemies in the grooming environment because Pseudomonas oregonosa is so prevalent. It's just like everywhere 
in any kind of a, a damp, dirty environment. So, uh, yeah, so example, some Pseudomonas aeruginosa bacteria can produce pumps to get rid of several important antibiotic drugs. God, who knew? That's science fiction. I mean, it seems like right in a book, you know, you would get get this bacteria that pumps out all the antibiotics and it destroys the entire civilization. Son of a bitch. I know. So uh, I won't go into uh, all the details on these others, but the other types of defense mechanisms are they can restrict the access of the antibiotic. They can change or destroy the antibiotic. They can change the targets for the antibiotic or they can bypass the effects of the antibiotic. All this on a cellular level. Wow. Isn't that interesting? I mean, who knew it was that complex and that diverse of defenses against um, treatments? I had no idea that they could, they had so so many ways to reroute themselves. That's very... So I, I am again going to... Uh, caution us as groomers, what what do we do? So one of the things that we learned, um, most groomers have had some kind of an experience with veterinarians or your own doctor giving you a systemic, um, an internal antibiotic and telling you to be sure to use it as prescribed and to take all of the pills right? Yes. And if you don't, you are increasing the likelihood of creating survivors of having some pathogen beings. Well, I don't want to call it a being. But it is a being. Well, some pathogen pathogens surviving the treatment. So how can you how how does that affect us top how does that happen topically? It can happen by diluting medicated shampoos. And I need to point out that use of a recirculating bathing system involves diluting the shampoo. It also involves kind of repeated um application of the shampoo over and over again, but there's been no tests or no experiments to show whether or not a recirculating bathing system is effective using a microbial shampoo. You could just be killing a few and a few <laughs> develop a taste only the strong you know? survive <laughs> but you see there's some strong suckers in there yeah you know like you have to count on that you 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 know so you don't want to dilute uh you want to use a medicated any medicated shampoo you want to use it as instructed and Leave it on for the amount of time that it says to leave it on. This means no cheating. Because every time you cheat, uh, you increase the likelihood of 
germ survivors that now have a stronger resistance to the treatment. And you can, and it doesn't mean that your dog is get becoming resistant to the treatment. It means that those dog germs are becoming resistant to the treatment. And we learned that they might be passing that on to other germs. So let's not be careless in our use of medicated shampoos, including chlorhexidine shampoos. I think it's a really bad idea to use these shampoos as an everyday shampoo, which some groomers do. And I'll piggyback onto that and say when you are seeing a dog with a reoccurring ear infection, reinforce to the owner that they need to finish the entire antibiotic course. Because in veterinary medicine, we see often a lot of people see the problem resolving, like the ear starts to look better, and then they just bail on the rest of the medication. We could certainly help the dogs and help the people by uh, reminding them to go ahead and use the rest of the medication in the course. So we yes, don't create so wait, super so, bugs. So uh, one of our one of our roles or one of one of the ways that we can be helpful is we can increase owner compliance with medical with medical with protocol. Exactly. And we can increase our own mindfulness of topical uh, antimicrobials and how we're using them in the salon. Okay, is that good enough for today? I think that is good enough for today. Chris Bear Anthony here, visiting the Groom Pod. So, if you know me, you know how much I love my Evolution shears. They are the only shears I actually use. So, check out all the options, including customizable non swivels, at evolutionshears.com and give Abby a shout with any questions you might have. Groom Pod listeners get $10 off and free shipping with the code GroomPod. So, check them out today. Your hands will thank you. I know you're sitting on the edge of your seat waiting to discuss Andis Clipper maintenance because it's such a riveting topic, but I'm going to save it for next week because we've, well, we've been chatting long enough and I've got three dogs to groom, so, uh, but I'm not letting you completely off the hook. It will pop up next week. Don't think I'm not going to talk about it because I am. Anyway. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for being here on the Groom Pod. Remember to tip your groomers at our website and happy grooming, everyone. Bye-bye now. And I hope y'all have a wonderful time at the Northwest Grooming Show. Bye.